no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. Man, it's good to have something to live for. I'll Absolutely. You, you have to have something to live for. You, you got need to. to. You got to have a drive. It's so, so, so recently what happened to me is that um, in the uh, parking lot of where the office is, the right? studio is here, um, my uh, my car got sideswiped. Sure. Right? Well, who doesn't? Somebody you, know what, you, you know what, Henry? Your car was kissed by another car, maybe a Mazda Miata. Yeah, maybe yeah, it was a yeah, yeah. sexy, well, like beautiful the, uh, car. Came by, said, "I love that Prius," and the gave me a little kiss. The last time I got kissed, where that kiss was worth fifteen hundred dollars, I married the woman. <laughs> all right, and I love her. But the problem is, is that they hit the car right, so they need to leave yeah. a note. No, and they fucked up the whole bumper, and now bumpers are all filled with technology, right? Uh huh. So you go, and it turns out to be exorbitantly expensive because they sure. got all these safety monitors on the sides of the. They, they have to fix all these sensors, and they can just say it's broken. You don't want to do so. You know, there's no proof because I don't know. Well, it's I'm definitely not a broken. Car man. Well, it's. Bro- I'm not Tim Allen. No, I mean, I don't even think Tim Allen could be a car man today. You got to have your degree. You got to have an IT degree to be a car man these days. I remember when we used to call them. Uh, they, they were like grease hogs, and they were always I like, remember- "I can turn that and screw." It's- and now it's, it's like grease monkeys. Whatever. Tesla, it's grease monkeys. Allow them to be higher on the food chain what, than a bunch of hogs. Whatever. And now you need data from Star Trek in there being like, I can fix your car for you. I have no emotions. I do not look at your car like a child like you do. Uh-huh. I was fixed. But this is the thing, right? So whoever did it left the chunk of orange paint on the back of the bumper. Uh-oh. And I took a picture of it because now the car, the car's in the shop. So now what I've been doing is You're a psycho. every day. You're a psycho. I'm tr- I'm trying. I'm trailing through the park. I know what you're doing. Going to each car that remote. The color you are a similar. psychopath. Okay, no, so you're hunting your neighborhood for slime. You're looking for yeah. the slime monster, and now you're also p- playing junior detective Henry Zabrowski, trying to find a car that has a matching paint swab as yours. I didn't get asked to do this. This got thrust upon oh me. God. I didn't want to be an amateur detective. Other people are making me do this. Society is making me do this. And so yesterday, I'm trolling around this car, right? And I'm looking around and I'm, you know, obviously I look like um, um you'd say what your term was, a psychopath, because I'm walking, I'm looking yeah. for any marks on this car and I see this family come to and now I'm hiding Underneath the car, like I go and I hide oh for them coming God. through because just in case they are either it's them or the, and then a part of me thinks, what are you like, why do? am I hiding? I'm not the one who broke the law. Are you going to beat up the family? You're going to beat up a family of five because you have a small right scratch on. in your car that you can't figure out how to fix. I am going to say this. I don't know what I'll do if I discover who hit the. You know what? Like, I know I, what I, you're going to do. I, I, I'm you're not gonna, saying I'm going to hurt them. You're going to do nothing. You're going to be like, huh? I'm gonna, you're that because that's phase two. Right now, you're in phase one. You're in the hunting phase. You're like, I'm out yeah. here. I'm in the woods. I got my little bow and arrow. Got some beers. Got some beef jerky. I'm yes. going to find some deer. And you don't realize once you see a deer, you got to kill it, and then you have to gut it. No, and that's I, what I you sort would of have understand. To do. I sort of understand the checks I'm writing for myself that I'll have to cash later on. But my main, what I really want to do is I just want to scratch I know into the into the bumper or like right. uh, into the hood with my key. You want to make this a '90s teen horror film? <laughs> Great. All right. This is side stories, everyone. I am Ben Kissel with Henry Zabrowski. Um, I, you know, utterly upset over in Los Angeles. We got a lot of stuff to get to today. We're going to read some of we the do. Michelle Carter text messages. We have a couple of funny stories. We also had some great emails this week that we're going to get to about um, about Skinwalker Ranch. And also we had someone who went to school with Conrad Roy, of course, the man who committed suicide um, be- at the behest of Michelle Carter. But first things first, I want to first I want to um, there's there's one story that we've been getting sent like a lot, like 10 times a week about mm-hmm. this woman yes. who ate her yes. husband over three years. It's not a true story. So don't bother sending it. If you want to know if the story is true, just type it into the Google machine. And if Snopes is the first thing that comes up, it You're tends fucked. to be it tends to it's be completely wrong. fake. But no, we are trying to be better at also not yes. broadcasting fake stories because we've been we have been fooled. We've been past. fooled. Pennant? And we don't yep. want to be we don't want to be fooled anymore. I don't I don't want I want to be Roger Daltrey about this. Absolutely, but the first not thing- get fooled again. It's tight tight old man. I Ooh. I hear you, buddy. My my uh, go to example would be Penn and Teller. They have a show mm. called Fool Us. 
And it's actually very good. Um, Love the, that show. It, that is a kind of one of my, that's my alone post-masturbation. Like when I'm just yeah. coasting for eye bleach on the internet, yeah. I watch a lot of Fool Us. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't know how they do anything. I don't even, I don't, they're Magic so incredible. Magic is incredible. Um, but the first thing we're going to talk about, <laughs> there is a new documentary out. Uh, I believe it's Amazon Prime. And it is yes. called Lorena. And it is Lorena. about Lorena Bobbitt. And I got to say, it's a four-part series, season one. I don't think they need to make a season two. I think we got it. But holy hell, that story is so much bigger than I remember with my 13-year-old brain growing up in Wisconsin. Natalie and I were talking about this, about how, like, I remember, I mean, because it trickled down into us just talking, make cock jokes. Cock jokes. It was all just about cutting off penises and throwing penises, and we were having a wonderful time. But then when they showed the footage, because they did a couple of those gotcha moments, a couple of the oh, yeah. uh, jump scares with that, that cut-off cock. Oh, there, my with God. The fucking, and it looks like a, a Duchamp painting. It looks like surrealist painting where the way, the clean cut of the penis shaft yep. and just his balls there, and it's it kind of nicely composed well you know that's the thing so they they're just going through the documentary she's like and then well, so he let's talk about it. do people not know who lorena bob all right is? so I'm just that you you must if you well, are listening to this show yeah. you're probably 35 quick backstory right? lorena bobbitt her husband john bobbitt he was extremely abusive she cut off his penis um he came home hammered she cut off his penis she takes it into the car with her she throws it into the uh into a wooded not a, not even a wooded area she, it's just sort of a um, you know in, in the grass by a stop sign and, it was uh, a retention pond. It was yeah. right outside of the 7-Eleven. Yes, and that became national news. And, of course, she ended up getting a lot of love, Lorena did, from battered women and from women in general. Uh, being like, what the hell did this guy do to deserve yeah, to get the, his I, dongler uh, cut off and cleanly like 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 freaking H.H. Holmes did it or something? And I know that they were really trying to pinpoint this guy because she ran this concept of being uh, innocent because of insanity, right? That's saying in the moment she had been raped in her sleep by him, he came home drunk, he he forced himself on her, he rolled off in a moment of pure rage, she went blank, she went to the bed, she went to the kitchen, she said she opened the refrigerator door, a shaft of light from the refrigerator fell upon the knife, and then yada yada yada, she's driving in her right. in her testimony, she's driving with the knife in one hand and his dick in the other, and she just l- wakes up, looks at the cock, throws it out the window, drives all the way to her work in a fucking uh, like a sleepwalk right. scenario. Goes tosses the knife into a trash can because her boss was kind of a protector of hers, right. and she would tell her kind of what was going on inside of the house. But it is interesting to watch the defense like really trying to like find an actual reason, like saying that no, you knew the difference between. A right and wrong in the moment, and I, I'm sort of like because Natalie, we're talking about. It's like it doesn't really matter what she if she knew or what she was doing anymore because the amount of abuse led up to it well, led yeah, I mean, the stakes up to the point where essentially she was fighting for her life. Yes, she really was, and of course, a lot of people speculated why would she go to work? Oh, so calm, like just going to work the next day. But that's where she would go. Oftentimes, she would sleep in her car in the parking lot. Um, evidently it wasn't that night that John was being horrible, um, but it was all, I mean, it was just a collection of horrible well, series still, of abusive. Uh, that's way much, yeah. of, that's more of the, the problems of what they were talking about. The, the domestic violence and the investigation of domestic violence is really difficult because it's a one-on-one thing. It's within the privacy of someone's home. So it's he said, she said, or he said, he said, she said, she said. It's like, it is that all the time and it's very difficult to well, prove and of course, what is reality. But you well, look at the history of abuse she had, and obviously, and how many times she had called the cops on him, and then when the when the fuck when the when she, the woman went to go get her nails done by her, and when she lifted up the sleeves and she saw bruises oh, on yeah. her wrists up to her fucking elbows, she was obviously in duress and in, uh, and she definitely was in danger. Absolutely, of being murdered because he was going to murder her. Oh, absolutely, and, he was going to murder her. And as a matter of fact, a little bit later on, and and this is full of spoilers. Should we spoil the whole thing or just? I don't should, tell you. I, no, you just watch it. You're gonna just, watch. Just this watch is, it. But it's rage porn anyway. It's just more of the um, what the 
the the, uh, the documentary does a good job of pointing to what a waste of life John Wayne Bob had ended up yes, becoming. Yes, really horrible. The and there's an interview with another woman because he ended up getting all these b- bizarre side jobs after the celebrity. Honestly, he got. I he, remember he, he all the Howard Stern money. shit, all the Stern stuff. Do you remember? But anyway, so long story short, he ends up dating this girl from the Bunny Ranch. She takes him out of town, all the way up here to upstate New York. And what he does to her is uh, unbelievable. Ties her up for three days, tortures her for three days. She was about to die he was about to carry her out in a body bag um because he thought she was dead and he opens the door and she was able to sprint out so he was he is a killer john wayne bobbitt is a killer it's not cute he's not like i can't believe he got his dick cut off what a funny porn frankenweiner which is a funny name for a porno but but um, he went and mutilated his own cock with an enlargement surgery on camera but anyway let's go back really quick the funniest thing the funniest thing oh about this documentary God. is when the cops, so they're snooping around and they're looking for this dick. And when I thought about like John Wayne's, John Wayne Bobbitt's dick, I guess I was thinking more like a like a sick I, like a dildo. I was thinking more, like, but in reality, because it's no, flat, it shrinks it, up. It's just tiny, like a little Smurf, like a little. It's just his little head. Like a, it's just the head of his dick. Yeah, just like a little Smurf that hasn't seen the sun in forever, and it's totally pale like powder. And, uh, of course, that's a great 90s movie, Powder. Check it out. And no, so, do not check that movie out good. because it's directed by a child molester. Oh, okay. Then don't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that. What, when did that happen? Yes. He got convicted of child molestation. Powder? That film. They went on to go to make Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can that's I not, have anything? Can I have no. one thing? I wanted the boy Absolutely that controls not. electricity. I'm going to tell you what, for this new Michael Jackson documentary coming out, I'm going to say get yourself a blindfold and get yourself some earmuffs and don't go see it if, you do, if you're worried about having your heroes ruined. Quick side story when it comes to Michael Jackson. So our friend Daniela Panetta, she was in the screening and she texted me on, on uh, Instagram was like, uh, this is going to be sending some shockwaves throughout the community yeah. because they had victims all lined up there and they were speaking about what Michael Jackson Listen to did beat to them. Listen to now. Get it all I in now. Get, get your get thriller in now. And then yeah, I immediately, because yeah, you know, all of us here are just massive news junkies. So I'm just flipping through the paper. And then I see, I think this was in New York Times art section, the director of the new Michael Jackson musical that's supposed to hit Broadway. Oh, and he yeah, was talking about how he's like, like, we're taking Michael from a different approach. He was complex. Imagine he was complicated. I'm like, a- I think your Broadway play is going to get totally shelved. The thing is, is music is eternal. And can beats molest a child? Can grooves ruin a child's life? I don't think so. I don't, and that's why we're featured nothing but grooves. And they just call it like, they just call it beat it. Because maybe they'll get away with it by just naming the songs. Yeah, after one you know of the most I mean? aggressive. Never naming his. Yeah, name it, name it the most aggressive song title that he has. Beat it. That's, yes, that's a yes, perfect way to do it. Anyway, so that is going to be a firestorm in the media. But anyway, I just want to tell this one story about when the cop found the little dongler. Oh, my so God. The this, cop, this fucking bullshit. So we got these cops, and they are like, I don't know, early 90s masculine. So they are just weird. So the cop, they, they magically stumble upon this dingler, and the cop looks at it. He puts his boot on top of it and is just like, here. Here it, Here it is. And he said and he, he points at it as far away as possible. They said it's like he raised his hand up to eyeball level and pointed down because just the idea of touching a man's dismembered penis would make him gay. That's what he because he's like, I'm a very religious man, so I can't touch. So John Wayne Bobbitt's cock is just it's being smothered like a cigar in an oh airport bar by some random boot. And it is. What I just thought was that was happen- great. So if he was by himself, if he found a dismembered penis in the field, would he just pick it up and just go like, mm, kisses, kisses, and it's like pop it in his mouth and suck on it like it's the spark plug like in uh, Coneheads? I have when he's cleaning the spark blood and he's spigging it out and be like, nah, it's clean. <laughs> I have no idea what this cop was scared of, but evidently uh, that was uh, that was a bit too far for him to go. So um, I, there's also a spoiler that I don't even know if we should bring up, but it is pretty funny at the very end of John Wayne Bobbitt when they cut to him pulling away and it shows oh my that he, God. Had, he went ahead and made himself a vanity Donald Trump license plate Ugh. that just says, it says, I think it says DJ Trump. It's DJ like, Trump. Yeah, DJ Trump, which takes quite a bit of, uh, I mean, it's just perfect. It's, it's just, just too spot perfect. on because he's just a dickless He's literally a dickless bully that came from trash and continued his trash legacy into the future. Yes. Well, it is pretty remarkable. And this is not, I understand, you know, there's. But then look 
else. We're still talking about him. We're not even talking about Lorena well, Bobbitt that, when you well, all of the can, shit she went through. We can change that, though. We can change that right now. Yep. Um, yes, of course, he is. And I'm not, whatever. Everyone's different. There's a lot of reasons for everything. But he is, like, when you think about, like, true D-bag, like, that was just, like, when you see someone with a, I don't care what president you're like, you should never, like, fall in love and, like, fetishize the president to the point never. where you have a vanity license plate. DJ what Trump, and then of- on his motorcycle, it just says Trump. And I'm like, what are you trying to prove? Nobody what cares. What kind of puke? It's- I don't care for fuck who the president is. Whatever. I don't give a shit who the fuck it is. But- You're really rooting for him that hard? When it comes Honestly. to... Honestly. Unless it's Taft. And of course. And it just fits so nicely on a, on a vanity plate. Taft, of course. Yes. Um, so, yes, lastly... Yeah, my other car is a bathtub. <laughs> it says... <laughs> in it, it's like, come on, that's fun. Uh, oh, this fun. is the content people love. <laughs> People, it is free though. It is free. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's very so true. So that is good. So that just is, lastly about John Wayne Bobbitt, and we'll talk a little bit uh, about Lorena. So he had his penis cut off, and then he wanted to do porno. So he wanted to get for Frankenweiner or Franken penis a full on like puffed up extension, both width and girth. Turns out he went to the wrong doctor. Totally mangled his penis. It can no longer work. It's completely not functioning. So he actually had a good surgery the first time to replace it, and then because of his vanity, because of his uh, vain personality, he ruined it. it. And I just crap. thought that was perfect. It was a cash grab. Yes, because he was saying everyone's everybody's so excited to see my dick. Oh yeah, just being like you're disgusting because it's a sideshow, dude. Exactly, you are a sideshow and not even a sideshow character that we love and admire. Um, because but I do like I a lot of sideshow say, characters. Lorena Bobbitt's yes. story ended up becoming was very very inspiring, awesome. and the way she she changed her life to change to change her like give back to the community, all the kind of love she got from uh, victims of domestic violence, victims of domestic violence all right. over the world. That she went and she she took care of. She she put a lot into she understanding that she got the spotlight from this crazy tabloid story. Right. And so she then used it. And I, I thought that it was very, uh, it's very illuminating for people to see just how much mayhem and shit can happen in somebody's house and how, like, the, people need networks. It's like, you know, like, she really, it's it's not, it is not an easy choice to leave. The way they no. talk about this, they, some, uh, and it, because they talk about the most vulnerable point for a woman from leaving an abusive partner is the six months after she already breaks up or when they break up. A lot well, of you times never that's know when they're going to escalate. Yeah, they're going to kill you. Yes, John Wayne Bobbitt was going to kill you. And it, to that point, so just anyway, I know we're kind of all over the place here, so bear with us. But just to go back just briefly, when it comes to the trial, John Wayne Bobbitt was on trial for abu- for abusing Lorena. He was found not guilty because the trial was kind of a sham. The judge only let five days be accounted for two days before and uh, three days after or something like that. It was a five-day window that the judge allowed to be taken into consideration when it comes to abuse. So he was found totally uh, not guilty. He was walking. Lorena was found guilty by reason of insanity. Insanity did 45 days in the psych ward. Anyway, so Lorena gets out. Hey, man, and I'm begging for 45 days in a psych ward. Honestly, it sounds really relaxing. I don't think it looked that. It was just, It was at the prison. That was, I mean, that one was, but I mean one that I'll. <laughs> no, you need, you need like, a, what's it called? What's the rehab place? Something of Malibu. Yes, yes. I want to say it's called like Escalades of Malibu <laughs> or Waterfalls of yeah. Honolulu, where you go and it's just you sit in a lawn chair, but no one can really see that you're handcuffed to the lawn chair. Right. Yeah, that would be perfect. So Lorena, um, because she was able to do what she did and defend herself, obviously she got a lot of. Um, outreach from people who were victims of domestic violence. She parlayed that into doing a lot of speaking engagements for her own therapy in many ways, too. And she has saved countless, countless lives. So she does a bunch of wonderful things. And she has a great little husband. I love Dan. I think it's Dan. Big da- Love him. Big Dan. Big Dan. I love him. So she has. A, she was able to bring it together, save lives, help people. John Wayne Bobbitt, as you can imagine, is going to die alone, sad, in a crappy crappy little place and uh, that just shows you what what you put into the world is what you're gonna get out you say it with the fake accent but you're correct yes because i really believe that john wayne bobbitt is a piece of shit and he will never get any sort of success out of this he's just a piece of shit. no absolutely and all that all those times you saw him on stern all the uh, franken weenies franken peanuts all those pornos he didn't get a dime because he got 
hoodwinked by everyone because he was around. You can imagine the disgusting people. And Lorena had a couple of people that used her too. Um, but yes. nothing as bad as John Wayne Bobbitt. And again, uh, you know what? Well, He's a moron. So he just le- he leaned in because he's a classless piece of shit. So anyway, check out uh, the Lorena right, so, documentary. So here, it's well worth it. There's a story that has happened. I guess this is happening in Philadelphia and it happened over this. Ooh, weekend. yeah. Um, now, it says uh, people that we've got reached out to by a bunch of listeners and it turns out to be this story is a little bit is going viral. And it's this copy of this letter that seemed to have been left in people's mailboxes over the weekend in Philadelphia. I'm not I haven't gotten a number on exactly how many. Yes. It comes from an, what I believe is an entity known as ABBA. It is just a letter. <laughs> it is on a piece of paper. It's just I mean, what I it, it's, it's a, just a sheet of paper. It's just is it an entity named ABBA? I don't know what it is. It's probably it's a person. ABBA. It's it's. I mean, who knows? I don't uh, know if it is the ABBA, and I'm certain the ABBA no, is actually upset. They could actually sue for this. It's not ABBA the bad. I'm just saying. I think it's a. I don't. Okay. All right. Anyway, it says ABBA. At the okay. Top. Yeah. All right. So this is what the letter read that was given to a, a, looks like probably about a hundred people in Philadelphia this weekend. ABBA. This is to inform you that all the food <laughs> ate since first grade is alive in your body, especially the dead animal remains or meat since it was cooked alive and is alive in your body. Anywhere it goes now, you must go with it. That's 365 days a year from first grade to now. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Also, newborn baby received your first grade body or a meal just like the 365 days a year. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> the only way I see for you to save yourself from the every which a way of being burned alive that's scheduled is to become a solid steel statue by place yourself under anesthesia and mixing your body with melted metal, then re-solidifying the metal or seal yourself in cement. Uh, that's an option. Oh, the cement is an option. That's an option. When it be- okay, good. When it becomes real to you, you can type it up and have a lot of copies made, then pass them out and post them up. Oh. What is needed is a steel furnace where metal can be melted and the bodies of people and animals mixed with the metal to become steel, unable to be hurt. Of course, you'll be sedated first. There will be, that is just the letter B, a meeting on April 27th, 2019, 12 o'clock in the afternoon on the subject of building a steel furnace at 27th and Gerard Avenue on the vacant lot. What we need is a bulldozer to dig some ditches and steel furnace equipment. Do attend. Do attend. All right. So this is sort of like a, um, it's sort of like the game of Clue. Remember yes. that? When they were all going and they're like, well, we got this bizarre letter. We were just told to attend. So I would say this. If you're in the Philadelphia area and you got strong friends, maybe bring a Ben Kissel with you. Just But the oh, Ben Kissel works out. Go there and see what the hell is happening and report to us, please. What is going to be happening late April in this vacant parking lot? And really, worst case scenario, you do know how to, you do learn how to build a steel furnace, and that could be good for crafts, good for ceramics, good for banking cups or bowls, vases, whatever you might want. It just seems to be bizarre. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, there is some footage here. I'm actually looking up right now. Um, there is some security cam footage of what looks to be an older gentleman in a winter hat, a big floppy hat. It looks kind of like an elf hand distributing the letters up and down the street. Now, this seems to come from a, a one of those pinhole cameras. Oh, yes. I forget the name of what's What's it called? Uh, snap or you're on camera now. I think it's called you're yes. on camera now. Yeah. And so this man is just going from house to house with an arm full of papers, just delivering them to each house. Um, they said cops in Philly are saying, just report it. We don't know what the hell this is going to be. Right. Um, I'm really would be, I mean, impressed if on April 27th, 2019 at noon, if you showed up at that parking lot and it was ABBA playing their first single oh from their new my. album, Do Attend. Oh, whoa. That would be incredible. That would be they awesome. they really got the homeless street team going. I mean, I think that's great. And no matter what, this person... If you build it, they will come. And it looks like there is now a Facebook event for the Vacant Lot Furnace Festival. Now they're calling it the Vacant Lot Furnace Festival, which I love <laughs> Philadelphia, where they're like, okay, cool. We'll go okay, cool. Vacant Lot Furnace Festival. Not a big deal. That's a horrible accent, but it is what it is. 27th and Gerard. Um, so get out there. 
April, what is it? April no- April 27th at noon, 2019. My problem is, is that what if it's just a guy, a guy just shows up with his dick out? I mean, like, I mean, that could be the well, show. Well, that's possible. But I think if you have a lot of other people there blaring music from their cars, uh, maybe try to choose the same song. Maybe ABBA would be a good band to play just collectively as a group. Pop a couple of cores, have a good Philadelphia time, get some cheesesteaks out there. I think it would be good. This, this guy might accidentally bring the community together. I mean, honestly, this could be a new festival. You start the Steel yeah. Furnace Festival, you show up. They're actually they're, they're starting a uh, GoFundMe for uh, mental health in the Philadelphia area that they're co- calling it Do Attend. Um, and they said because the furnace letter went viral, they're trying to get people out there to, to give money to. I have no clue if this is legit or not, so I'm not going to fully yeah, be pump careful. it. Um, so, but a part of it is like, so there's stuff like people are really trying to flip it into something important. But I tell you what, man, wouldn't it be nice to have the ability to just turn into a steel statue? Then nothing can fucking hurt you. Then I'm oh, out sure. here, I'm full steel statue me. Walking through the parking well, lot, looking for the person who dared defend my fucking... My Prius was innocent. Well, your Prius is a Prius, so no Prius is totally innocent. They're still a Prius. My Prius is You're innocent. Pri- you cannot be an innocent Prius. That's just my... Clink. I don't call it what Clink. it is. Maybe it's car is. I don't know. Clink. But... Clink. And then all of a sudden, all the families are running from me, and they said, oh, he came from the Steel Furnace Festival. Right, absolutely. Oh, he must be brave enough to have went there to Philadelphia April 27th at noon. Does this man have... Just to try to uh, armchair diagnose, obviously. I know breaking news, we're not actual doctors. What do you mean? Richard Chase, he was always talking about how things inside of his body were alive. And is this like a, is this a schizophrenia, do you think? Because there is, I tell you what, it's certainly not the, uh, it's certainly not measles. No, it's not measles. We can do, honestly, you can take our word to the bank on yes. that. Yes. Um, he is a, obviously a very, uh, you'd say a lost individual that is trying to reach out. Or he's an artist. Or he's an artist. Um, could be. Which is, why, why, why take one away from the other? Absolutely. The artist could be very sick. And still, and still be distributing these letters. It does seem to be someone that it does seem to be similar to the gang stalking uh, type writing. The way it's all kind of misspelled and weirdly put together. There was a man that used to come when I used to work at Eckerd's. Right? Uh oh. For I used to work before. I think I've talked about this on the show. But there was a period of time where I worked at uh, a, the photo developing section of an Eckerd's, which are now basically CVS's. Back before it was digital. Back when I used to have to wear big rubber gloves up to my elbows and actually soak shit. Oh yeah, cancer causing chemicals that I should never have been allowed to touch. Well, a regular Robin uh, Williams in one hour photo, which is actually I, a good Robin Williams fi- uh, film. I have to like apologize for Robin. Williams now. He's a very good performer very, in that film yes. as well. He is obviously a very good performer. And so I was doing this, but there was this weird older gentleman because John Moreno that was in Murderfist also used to work with me. And we were always like drunk at work and like fucked up. And so, but this guy used to come in and he'd be like, hi, you got any gold coins today? And we're like, because that was the time when the dollar coins were big. Oh, the do- the yeah. dollar gold coins were new. And so you'd give us dollars and we'd give him gold coins in exchange. And because he loved his gold coins. Well, thank you so much. If I, like gold, I like to spend my gold coins like I'm a leprechaun. We're like, cool, great, great, sure, whatever, man. But then he started bringing these Xerox papers that are very similar to the ABBA letter. Mm. Where he would say being like, you got to, f-. He, he it was this whole program that he had built out that said, me and John, he would like he put John and Henry in the contract, and he said, I have to sign this contract in order to make him do push-ups till his arms go crickety crackin'. And he was just like, <laughs> You gotta make me do the push-ups till my arms go crickety crackin'. You should sign and then, that contract. Because if not, because he said if we don't if his arms don't go crickety crackety and we let him stop doing we let him stop doing push-ups. Then he's got to hold the bricks down. He said, "I got to hold the bricks down unless you make me do." And you got to sit on me. You got to come and sit on me. And it was more centered on John because he seemed to be sexually fixated on John and asking him all the time if he had a boyfriend. And seeing him come in like, "You can come. I get naked. I do the push-ups. You make me do the push-ups. And if not, you beat me and you make me hold the bricks down." Great. Well, that's what you so, want. Yeah. 
I'm sure he's doing great. I'm sure he he's doing like great. A, Maybe he's he a... owned a building. He was one of those guys that did that thing where a, he was left to his own after whoever was last taking care of him right. passed on. And so he owned property in Tallahassee, and he used to like walk around all the time. And we knew he was worth a bunch of money, but he was just this crooked, weird gay homeless leprechaun well you know he liked to work out and that's good for the body so i think john could have helped him out a little bit with that hopefully uh his bones are to this day going crickety crack we wish the best for the creepy man who used to come into the eckerds <laughs> in south florida so that that's that was, a, that's another layer of creepy that was the darkest period of my life great all right i'm pretty certain because i used to get a little handle of evan williams and before shift every night, because this is when I was also living out of my car for a period of time. So I'd go and like, I'd suck down to Evan Williams behind a machine so the bosses wouldn't see, even though they got cameras behind. I know they're saying, so I used to crouch down and yeah, suck and you, on the Evan you Williams. reek like Evan Williams. <laughs> yes. They knew. I used to go sleep in my Hyundai Elantra. Yes. <laughs> why, why didn't you have a house? It was it was a time. It wasn't. There time. was a time there. It was between houses, ah. and then all of a sudden it was between places. And I, at the, you know, when you're at a level of like, I don't know if you've done that, where you're just such a trash heap as a human being that I was just like, fuck it, I'll just sleep in my fucking car. Well, it was just me eating KFC and drinking whiskey and sleeping in my car. Honestly, there's something kind of fun about that. Of course, it was growing up is no a, rules. Growing up is an interesting time. You know, I mean, that's nice though. We didn't have parents who gave us money, so it was just like you sleep in your car. You don't, you don't yep. have, you don't have a lifeline uh, the way that some folks do. And of course, if I really needed money, I'm sure my parents would have been fine. But I'm not my, I, I need my parents. Off. I just didn't want to call. I was cut off. Fly from your grave. Fly from your grave. Well, all right. So let's get to a story. It's not quite as possibly fun as the funeral festival would be. I really hope that turns out to be a place where people find love. It's going to be better than the fire festival, guaranteed. But Dancing let's. Queen. Mm. Meanwhile, Ooh. him just slapping his dick. Back he can do whatever. As as whoever organized it, I will say, can do whatever they want. If they are isolated and alone, they cannot do anything. Yes. But yeah, whatever. You're the organizer. You get a little bit of carte blanche. But now we mentioned on uh, last episode, Towards the end, we were going to read some of these email exchanges from Conrad Roy and Michelle Carter. Of course, Michelle Carter, the gal who, let's just say, pushed him over the edge. You know, a good motivating head coach can get their team to do great things, and she yes. is like the opposite of that. So, no, well, actually, technically, the she is that. She's Phil Jackson. But, but the opposite, because they won six championships and this man committed suicide. I mean, yeah, that that in that way you are correct. Yes, and we do have a couple of, or we do have an email I want to read because some people that listen went to school with Conrad, and apparently he was a very nice guy, and it's very sad. I bet he was. She looks like so. She looks like a fucking alien. Oh, uh, she is horrifying. Uh, She's got a big old forehead and those piercing eyes. She's gonna be. I, I'm afraid of what. So well, basically, she just got sentenced to 15 months in jail. She got sentenced, and I was like. I wonder what the hell's going to happen to her once she gets into prison. I feel like it's just going to harden her into even be a more fucking deep end bitch. No, I have no idea. I mean, I'm not, I don't know about physically. I, I, I don't even care. I don't want to comment on that because, quite frankly, there is some, there's something about those piercing eyes. But she's a horrible person. So um, let's just read. Henry will read Michelle, and then uh, I'll read a little bit of Conrad's responses. And then we'll just talk about it because I mentioned on the last episode, like, should a person be sentenced to prison time for texting someone to do something bad? Is it still on the person to have personal responsibility? But it seems like this goes a little bit above and beyond because the dude was like, literally, help me. And then she yes. was like, no, how about no, I we'll don't? Go, let's do let's it. read through these texts so you can actually hear what it sounds like to have somebody completely manipulate you and and push you in a place that, that you didn't need to be pushed. Okay. It's so it's very fucked. It's very fucked. I'll start with I'll start with Michelle. Conrad. Hey, you there? Oh, hey, sorry, I fell asleep. It's okay. Why haven't you done it yet though? I'm too messed up to. What are you talking about? My head. You think you can't think about it. You just have to do it. You said you were going to do it. Like, I don't get why you aren't. I don't get it either. I don't know. So I guess you aren't going to do it then. All that for nothing. I'm just confused. Like, you were so ready and determined. I am going to eventually. Really, I don't know what I'm waiting for. 
But I have everything lined up. No, you're not, Conrad. Last night was it. You keep pushing it off and you say you'll do it, but you never do. It's always going to be that way if you don't take action. You're just making it harder on yourself by pushing it off. You just have to do it. Do you want to do it now? Is it too late? I don't know. It's already light outside. I'm going to go back to sleep. Love you. I'll text you tomorrow. Love you. Oh, my God. No! It's probably the best time now because everybody's sleeping. Just go somewhere in your truck and no one's really out right now because it's an awkward time. If you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. All you can say, you'll do it tomorrow, but you probably won't. Love you. Oh, my God. Thank you. This is a fucking monster. She's a fucking monster. Oh, my God. Thank you. There's a couple of things she says here, like... You're you're uh, you're so hesitant because you keep overthinking it and pushing it off. You just need to do it, Conrad. The more you push it off, the more it will eat at you. You're ready and prepared. All you have to do is turn the generator on, and you be free and happy. Uh, no more pushing it off. No more waiting. And then she plays with him. She says, "I would never leave you. You're the love of my life, my boyfriend. You're my heart. I'd never leave you." Uh, that- you are literally killing him. Ah, uh, good lord! You're literally killing him. And then afterwards, when this whole thing went down, basically she pretended like she didn't know where he was and talked to his family and said they had no clue that all of this shit went down. And when acted all surprised when the body was found, so she knew what she was doing too. Like, oh, she didn't know. She posted on Facebook or Twitter or something, being like, "I'm grieving. I can't believe I lost my boyfriend." She wanted to get that sympathy card. She's just fucked, man. Yes, she's just a. She is just a a fucked ass. She is horrible. And of course, she also (laughs) says, "And you can't break a promise and just go into a quiet parking lot or something." She really dives deep. Um, and she continues to tell him that she loves him in between. So th- she is obviously this man's already extremely depressed and sad. And being 18 years old sucks. Um, and so she's like, I love you. Do it. I love you. Like, I can. So she just had him running in circles mentally. Yeah. And I think um, a part of it, too, is that I'm not going to. When it comes to Michelle Carter, is that she was also 17 years old. So it's weird how you get into these, these like, thought loops, I think, as younger, too. This, like, concept of this high drama. Because like, your emotions are going, like, crazy. And so you believe, in some shape or form, that she is in a television show, almost, with Connor. Well, and sometimes, like, yeah. And the separation of the screen is real. Yes. You know? Because you don't understand. You don't fully understand you're talking to somebody like and what you're doing because it's all separate you're doing all over fucking text it's not like she's there where it's like how fucked up would she have been able to like how fucked up would she have been if she had had to do it like in front of him oh my god it's horrible so we got this email from kayla and this is what she just has to say i'll just kind of paraphrase some of it but she's like uh, hi guys heard you guys want some opinions on uh, michelle carter and conrad roy um he was she went to school with Conrad Roy. She says he was just a bit younger than me. They had gym class together, and uh, they were on the school's track team as well. A close friend of mine had befriended him and introduced us to him in gym class. He was joking and having fun with her as I remarked on what a unique and weird name Conrad was. I remember thinking how nice he was and how friendly he was. It haunts me. Years after this, his mother came into the clothing store I worked at to find a dress for his funeral. Uh, she Aww. So it's very sad. Uh, she goes on to obviously say horrible things Jesus and accurate things Christ. about Michelle. Um, and uh, so this guy was just a normal 18-year-old boy. And you can just imagine uh, when you're a parent losing losing a kid like that and under those circumstances. I fully understand the rage uh, that they must feel towards Michelle. And I understand that's why the Justice Department or that's why law enforcement got involved. So I guess the question then is, uh, what does this do? Because, of course, Michelle Carter and her defense attorneys appealed saying, yo, dude, she just sent some text messages. But they're so intense. And it's just it's completely irresponsible because he had already I mean, like how many guys out there and and women, how all of a sudden you realize you've put yourself into an almost this there's a vulnerable spot with somebody else where you've kind of given over control of your will. Like it seems to be he was so in a pit. Of depression, right. which I can kind of understand. It's like a part of being like it's a part of being a teenager, episodes. honestly. 
Absolutely. Too, yeah. And also, true depressive episodes, a lot of times they're almost being like, you fucking do it. You tell me what to do. You right. do it. Because the the sheer effort of directing your will, because a lot of what depression is, is not just acute sadness. It just looks cr- it's not just crying. It's also you are fucking, you feel nothing. Right. Like you, you don't care about anything. And of so, course. And it, it and it, it goes so deep that you're almost to a point where you're just been like, whatever. If you if you literally just stop hassling me, I'll do it. Right. And of course, uh, continuing on with Kayla's email here, she says, learning that Michelle went on after his death to help organize a fundraiser for mental illness in his honor. It was called Homers for Conrad. Is disgusting, and that really does bring it into like the next level of like. You drove this man to commit suicide. Would he have done it without those texts? We don't know. We just know for a fact that she definitely didn't help the case. She and didn't help. To manipulate all of that and uh, put on fundraisers no, and try, a- to seem, try to seem like a Mother Teresa, although Mother Teresa was no Mother Teresa herself. But that I really know, is I disgusting. love that, li- that lion bitch. Yeah. That lion bitch. She loved the television cameras. She did. Um, she's, like she a, did. she's like a Nancy Grace. Yeah. Which is weird if you can think of you can you can pair those two. I uh, think this is not going to be the last time we're going to hear from Michelle Carter. I think she's going to do fucked up shit in the future. I think that this is literally a psychopath in the making, and this is the first taste. And unfortunately, prison may make her worse. I mean, or does she just go down? As we've seen, you know, when we were watching, going back to the Lorena documentary, we haven't changed. Our society mm-hmm. has actually gotten worse when it comes mm-hmm. to glorifying bad behavior and when it comes to making people celebrities simply because of crime. We've talked about this on past episodes. So yes. I wouldn't be surprised if Michelle Carter does a media tour, writes a book, uh, and I'm sure, as Ted Bundy had sympathizers and Adam Lanza had sympathizers, I am sure she is going to have sympathizers. Of course. And I wouldn't be Absolutely. surprised if she's going to be able to, because she was found guilty, I'm not sure what the legal uh, logistics are, when it comes to profiting off of this, but I she's going to be a celebrity. On, you can sell your own story. I believe you can. I believe that you could figure that out. I mean, she's also young, so maybe yeah. she's got the years. Maybe maybe she's got the years ahead of her that are going to teach her that life's a fucking precious thing, and that it things people come and go real fast, and you, you are going to eventually. Because I know I've got more sensitive as I've gotten older. This is me sensitive. This is you sensitive. This is me sensitive. Well, you used to be calmer. I do think you used to be more calm. What are you talking about? I think you used to be a little bit more calm. Now I got things to fight for. I guess so. See, everything. I got my back against the wall, Kessel. I know what you're up to. Well, you're currently just stalking to some degree. Like, you're a character in Resident Evil 2, the reboot, which, again, you have to play. You're just in a parking garage with like I a magnifying a glass trying to find the person mission. to hit your car. When it comes down to someone's going to be thankful for me. What if it's just like this buff dude cuz it's near a gym. You 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 park near a gym. What if it's just like the biggest dude and then you have to be like so just wanted to let you know you hit my you car just, sir and I just you, thank you. Thank you for hitting. No, I mean I'm going to fucking I mean Natalie hates when I say it, but I'm going to you know to kind of pull a Bundy. Yeah, you know I mean, I get a crutch, and a and a if I get a crutch and a cast, and I act like I'm all hurt and stuff. I think just by sheer surprise, I can whack them in the nuts, right? Or what I do is I play an extended game of cat and mouse, where I leave messages for, but don't don't ask for money. Just ask for we. I like like do kind of like in Die Hard with a Vengeance, right? Where all of a sudden he's got to do weird public stuff. Like I act like I'm I'm a part of a massive network of of secret keepers. So you want to like you want to be a lone gang stalker? <laughs> you want to gang stalk this man for hitting accidentally <laughs> sideswiping your Prius? Doesn't look that accidentally. Um, all right, so let's do. We have we're going to conclude this episode with a little fan. Uh, sent, I guess, kind of creepy pastas, but it's it's about Skinwalkers because uh, obviously well, we had we're the Skinwalker Ranch. After we did last week's episode of Skinwalker Ranch, we asked for people to send in whatever stories or any information they had about Skinwalkers, people they've talked to, and we got a bunch of fun ass emails. We did, but I really want to go through. So we're gonna read those in one second. Just just before we do that, I just want to read this one story because it's freaking cracking me up. So this is this dude. This is a misunderstanding at a Home Depot in Wichita, Kansas. The headline is "I'm fixing to blow it up." Bathroom warning: mistaken for bomb threat at Home Depot. A report of a bomb threat at a Home Depot store in Kansas turned out to be a big mis. 
misunderstanding. Someone at the store in Wichita called 911 after a customer reportedly said they overheard a threat in the store's restroom. We had we just had a customer here. I'm fixing to blow it up. <laughs> we just had a customer here who may have made a bomb threat. The caller said, by the way, what happens in the bathroom, what's said in the bathroom stays in the bathroom, random caller. Uh, he said, uh, somebody told me there's a bomb in here and you need to leave the building. He said it three times. So the guy took a dump and it's just like, there is a bomb was he in talking to, there. Was he talking to himself? I don't was know. He literally be, was he literally doing the thing where he's like, all right, about to blow this fucker up. And then well, this is like, so please. <laughs> blowing up, blowing up, driving the bombs. Please. Dropping. Police did some investigating to learn the bomb threat came from a man in the bathroom stall warning others about the severity of his need to use the restroom. He said, you all need to get out of here because I'm fixing to blow it up. And that was one one witness said he laughed at the remark and took it as a joke. And so this caller, I understand, see something, say something. Maybe Home Depot in Wichita, Kansas, isn't the front line of the war on terror. Um, but nonetheless, I love this story because then you just have to be like, officer, it, I had to poop, officer. And they're like, we'll take it down. We'll note it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see it? I took some pictures of it for my friends because I tell you what, I dropped an A-bomb. Wait a second. Whoa. Stop. Get, your, get these cuffs off me. I mean, no, but he, it's, can you, I get also, if a man's got a belt hitched under his belt, right? Right. He's not a terrorist. No, no. He's not a terrorist because he, huh, because if you got a belt, like, like the shirt tucked into underneath the gut and stuff, that belies a father-like confidence. Sure. That shows you want people to see the wealth that you have attained in this in your, life. In your belly, you yeah. have an extra eight inches of batter yes. attached to your frame. Absolutely. And, you know, just take into account where you are. Is the person laughing? Would this be the place that you would be fixing to blow up if you're in the bathroom? Yes. Yes, it is. Are you at the New York Stock Exchange <laughs> or the water supply for Los Angeles? To buy? I don't know where you go. Like, are you on top of the Hoover Dam? And he says, I'm fixing to blow this up. That's a good indicator right. that maybe some terrorism is involved. Yes, but not in uh, not in a Home Depot in Wichita. No, anyway, no, funny absolutely. story, absolutely and I just not. I just I just feel bad for the guy because you know he just had to go to the bathroom so bad, and then you get out of the bathroom, there's a bunch of cops around. You're like, how bad? What was do I do? It? How, you well, man, I mean, I know I dropped a loaf, <laughs> but I didn't know it was the criminality. <laughs> I'm sorry, I confess to the crime. It was me. I had lentil soup <laughs> for, for the breakfast. Because it was left by my wife, and she said, I need the fiber. Oh, my God. What a, what a guy. Anyway, he's the, he's the legend of the week. I, I just I come up him. with different things of the week, and I'm saying the man who took a dump in Wichita is legend of the week. Or hero we of the week. We don't need whatever. segments, Kissel. We're, we're bigger and faster and stronger than segments. Well, technically, they're, I kind of announced them after we've already done the story. And then it's so it's not really a segment, but I'm a producer. You know, I produce. We are producers. Yeah, I produced on TV for a year. I know how to do that. I remember that. those Le- years. Lead in one year. Uh, I remember. And then again, Travis is a producer as well. Yes, Travis is a producer. You know that. This is what we do. We generate content. There are people listening to this right now that trust us. I hope that they do. Um, so anyway, let's do these emails. This is an email from Lauren. Kind of skinwalker related, kind of not. Okay, cool. Hey guys, I wanted to send this story to you all for a while now, but the recent skinwalker ranch episode made me feel like now would be the right time to send it. I didn't think it would be really considered a skinwalker story, but it has fallen under the umbrella of weird creature phenomenon taking place on farms. All right, so my mother's friend from high school claims this happened to him while he was still going to high school in the 80s. We don't know whether or not it happened or not, or it was a trick of the imagination, blah, blah, blah. We know this, sure. But it's a fun story. This is the story of my town's paranormal incident, the Devil Dog. Ooh. I came from a very small rural town in East Tennessee among the Appalachian Mountains. A majority of the families here either work in the farming or coal industry. My mother's high school friend, we'll call him Steve, good fake name. Great name. Was going out with his brother to their farm one evening after school, and they noticed that the cows were tightly huddled together, which seemed odd to them. There's an old wives' tale that when cattle huddle together... There's a storm approaching. However, there was nothing in the weather forecast that suggested this, although they thought that this was strange 
they just shrugged it off and decided to go on with their work on the farm. Steve sent his brother, we'll call him Brad, good friend's brother's name. Steve and Brad. Go, okay. Steve and Brad, good, those are good blank names. Great, love it. To go get something out of the shed. Brad obeyed and went off to the shed. A few minutes later, Brad comes sprinting out of the shed, screaming. Before Steve could ask what was wrong, this creature ran out of the shed behind him. Now listen to this description. It had the body of a dog, the legs and hooves of a goat, Hmm. and the head of a rabbit. Naturally, the two brothers piled in their truck and drove off as fast as possible. The creature chased them until they got a decent distance away. And although the brothers drove away, they parked at the edge of their property and still watched the creature that had made its way on top of a hill on the farm. Steve says the creature walked around in a circle a few times like a dog finding the right place to lie down and then proceeded to dig its way into the ground. Cool. And so what they said here, a few weeks went by. Steve and Brad had not seen any side of the creature again. A doctor and his son moved into a small town that was on Steve and Brad's property. So one day, while the doctor and his son were having dinner with Brad and Steve's family, Steve thought it would be funny to get the doctor's son scared as a bit of fun hazing since he was new to town. Steve said, hey, you better watch out for the devil dog on the farm. He'll get you. The doctor's son didn't even flinch or implied, oh, there's no need to worry about that. That's my friend. Oh, my Stephen Brad goodness. had no idea how to handle this response, and the family just went on with the evening. A few weeks later, the doctor's son killed himself by shooting himself in the room. Oh, my. Wow. It's just fucked up. That is a crazy, yeah. crazy story. Devil Here's dog. A comment, I have a and we'll mo- talk about the be- there's, there's some connection to the Bell Witch, because the main creature that was mentioned in that had the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit. Interesting. That's kind of very interesting. And uh, I have a little tag on Puffin that says Devil Dog that we got in Florida when we were there for your wedding. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, he's a, he's a German spitz. All right. Well, this this story comes in from Liz. I'm going to leave the last name out just uh, just because uh, this is from Liz. Dear last podcast, we this is and then she says the name of their family: Emily, Elizabeth, and Michael. Absolutely love the podcast. Thank you so much, and particularly enjoy the Skinwalker episodes. We decided to write because we spent many awful vacations in uh, parentheses visiting our son of a bitch piece of shit grandfather Elmer. <laughs> um, okay, let me know what you think. Uh, who, Yo, that's how- I feel about my fucking ex-grandmother. I actually do love the the alliterate son of a bitch piece of shit grandfather uh, who lived directly across the street from Bottle Hollow. We could see the concrete teepee buildings and the reservoir from, from his property. We estimate his land was not more than a few miles from Skinwaka Ranch. Well, it seems like Elmer is in the right location to fit his mood. The area yes. is extremely isolated and there weren't other homes around for miles. Since the first time we visited, we were repeatedly warned about packs of wild dogs that roamed the area. We were strictly not allowed outside at night and often heard howling and grunting. We wanted to rescue the dogs, but we were warned by our our grandfather, parents, and anyone else we met to not approach, not is all caps, so to not approach any dogs we saw. We did see one of the alleged packs once coming out of a ditch. We can only describe them as mangy mutts that looked like more that looked more like coyotes. They didn't seem afraid of humans and sat and watched us from afar. Even when we went to the nearby town of Vernal, other kids would ask if we had seen the packs of dogs that lived in the basin. Elmer Of course, this is the piece of shit grandfather repeatedly complained that bums were camping on his land, saying he saw fires in the night. And when he went to investigate, found circular rings of burnt grass throughout his property. He also lost many an emu. Yes, he raised emus uh, to the pack of dogs, he said, finding them ripped to shreds but not eaten. He also had several animals drop dead. We mostly attribute that to be to him being a shitty farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Elmer eventually left due to an incident he will not talk about. All he said was, it got bloody. All we know is he did dig large pits and proceeded to shoot his animals and throw them in the pits. He left most of his belongings there. We would ask him more but we thoroughly hate him and believe he is truly an evil man. Maybe that's what drew him to the area in the first place. Feel free to share. Utah is Utah where the weirdness is rampant. Thank you so much, Liz. So it looks like their father uh, or grandfather, perhaps uh, maybe he he was being tormented by some skinwalkers himself, killing all of his cattle and whatnot. 
honestly, with the weird rings on his ba- on his property, which we know for a fact we're going to get into next week, some of the behavior of the uh, whatever was going on at Skinwalker Ranch did uh, present itself as weird rings and scoop marks and dead animals. And the lights in the forests are also very uh, similar to many of the UFO sightings in Utah. Yes, Utah's, very- Utah's a beautiful place. A lot of sky out there. Now, this is a letter I just want to read because I I love this this type of shit. It's about high strangeness mixed with magic that I I I think it's very fun. This this is a great epi- this is a great letter from Bug Eyes in the Night. Okay, by Justin. Hey guys, I uh, had the day off. Was working on the wife's car. Listen to LP LPOTL, and the power of Guinness prompted me to share a story I thought you might find interesting. In twenty twelve, in twenty twelve, I was living in Northeast Texas, just off I thirty, just getting into magic and the occult. I was experimenting with a lot of Crowleyan rituals and Ouija. I'm not saying that was the catalyst behind these events, but I was hungry for results and willing to throw caution to the wind because I'm a very peculiar type of stupid. Anyway, it was July 23rd. I was sleeping next to my wife when a bright light accompanied by a deafening noise was headed straight towards our bedroom window, which faced the interstate. I woke up with instant panic and shook my wife awake, thinking a truck had veered off the interstate and was headed straight for us. She was screaming. I was told to run, and I was going to bolt in the next room and grab our then one-year-old daughter. Next thing I knew, I was waking up from a sound sleep. What a vivid fucking scary dream. I was catching my breath, as you do after an intense nightmare, when at the foot of the bed, I immediately saw a figure, just about six feet tall, wearing what I can only describe as a nun's habit, except dark purple. The skin was like the green of an olive, and the eyes looked exactly like locust eyes. Wide and glassy and unblinking. I was horrified. I also found myself paralyzed and unable to run towards the creature whom in my panic, I just wanted out of the room. That's when I woke up again. Holy fuck! What's wrong with my brain tonight? And I heard my daughter crying. That wasn't unusual, but the fear in her cries made me bolt out of the bed into the room where she was supposed to be sleeping. The door to the room opened inward. She was standing behind it, shivering and crying. I wrapped her up in a blanket and took her to the couch in the living room. The curtains were opened, which overlooked some shrubbery, and on the front porch where I saw a group of small gray, five or six, Uh two or three in the morning and very dark, running from the porch. When I awoke, it was daylight and I had fallen asleep on the couch with my daughter. My wife had no recollection of the truck. My daughter remembered nothing. A few months later, we moved to, to a house across town. I was still heavily into magical experimentation, still not taking the proper precautions like an idiot. My daughter kept running. That wasn't even me. That was him. Oh my. my daughter kept running from the room screaming in the night. We just thought she was having a rough time sleeping. We would leave the bathroom light on, on for her as well as a nightlight, but the darkness in the room didn't seem to be an issue. So one night, my wife and I had planned to watch a meteor shower. We set alarms for the specific time, woke up to the alarm, and went out to find it cloudy. Disappointed, we skunked off the bed where my wife was awakened by the sound of a little boy crying. It was so disturbing to her, she wouldn't leave the bed and asked me to check on it. Huh. That's the husband's duty. We're di- we supposed to die first. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're supposed well, to do. You're supposed to have a gun by your bed, I think. That's why. I mean, well, I, that's what my whip. That's what I got. Okay, that's I, good. I, I thought perhaps some poor little guy was sleepwalking and woke up in our yard. I walked around the house and found nothing. Assuming she experienced an episode of vivid, a vivid hypo, hypnagogia, hypnagogia, I went to bed. Minutes later, my daughter came screaming from her room. I wrapped her in a blanket and we fell asleep in the recliner. The next morning, my wife noticed a number of red dots on my back that I could not explain. So this is some weird ass shit, man. You're supposed to, you got to take care of yourself from doing magic because these kind of wiggity things show Absol- up in your fucking house. Absolutely. So we're going to do one more listener email. Thank you all so much for sending these. By the way, again, you can do side stories, L-P-O-T-L at gmail.com. And, you know, we'll do this every now and again because it's really fun. So this one comes in from Lauren. Um, She says uh, she always loved paranormal stuff and read into it for years, but for some reason had never heard about this batshit paranormal haven in her own state. After reading, after I read the nap book, this is according to her, I talked to my boyfriend at the time into reading it. This was 2009, and what a different time that was. 2009, just 10 years ago. Two different times, a different different world. He says, she continues... I wouldn't be at all in the present, as it's uh, as it's much more known. But back then, despite knowing that the government owned it and watched the place, we were confident 
we could get in at night. So this is them. This is Lauren and her former boyfriend. Um, I don't know what happened. I hope everything's okay. But they went to Skinwalker Ranch. So this is them uh, coming up on Skinwalker Ranch. They say, she says, the town was tiny and sleeping when we got there. But what was surprising to me was just how isolated the ranch was. It didn't feel like it was part of the already tiny population of the place at all. We drove on a dirt road for miles and miles lined with only a few watchtowers with no one in them uh, before we were at the gate and past the gate was another mile of dirt road until the actual home Uh, she says uh, she has a photo of it here as well Um, she says I didn't know what I was expecting to see out there but I feel like it was leaning towards nothing not that I didn't believe the stories I just didn't believe it happened on one trip but even so it was such an unsettling place that not even my two friends neither had read the book and one didn't believe in the paranormal at all didn't want to get out of their car, and neither did I. Nobody was trying to scare each other. Nobody was being frantic. There was just a thickness and a tension when we got there. Mostly, we were quiet. It's truly, again, this is Skin Skinwalker Ranch. It's truly a mile past the middle of nowhere out there. It's very yeah. dark, and you can see all the stars in the sky. We parked at the gate and turned the car off and tried to work up the balls to get out there. Meanwhile, there's not much to see other than blackness and sky so her eyes were mostly on that pretty immediately we all noticed weird orbs they were bigger than they were bigger than a star and a different color but could have been missed had they not started doing definitely not star shit they zoomed her yeah they zoomed her is that is that going to be in your official they were doing not star shit uh, yeah, dude. That's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> they zoomed around each other and then behind the skyline, then would pop back up again and do it all over, all across the sky. It was like a weird dance. It was almost ridiculous. They'd get really bright and then disappear and then fade back in. I can't remember exactly, but there were about four or five of them, and we sat there and watched this for like 35 minutes, pretty much only saying to each other some variation of, huh? 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 Should be noted that we were all ridiculously sober. Thank you for the note. Thank you for the note. <laughs> it's hard because that's what people immediately want to say. Be like, ah, you were fucked up. Of course. And you're just like, ah, oh, man. I mean, you could see weird shit without being fucked up. It's actually, it fucking, uh, it hurts you to be fucked up. Absolutely. So she says she remembers the orbs from the nap book. She goes on to say, when we finally somehow decided that we definitely have to get out uh, at some point, because we just drove three hours, we didn't make it too far down the down the dirt road my non-believing friends tough ass boyfriend who talked about nothing else for a month and my own paranormal loving ass were already not feeling cool with the place we were walking real slow and only got maybe a quarter mile down the road before we saw some headlights in the distance maybe two miles out there across the desert we thought we might be caught but they weren't coming in from the road that we had there was nothing there was no other road in that that we knew of but they were pointing towards us we stood there and watched them from for a second and tried to figure out exactly where they were going but when they got to a hill and didn't actually follow the curve of it but rather floated over it and blatantly yeah, defied dude. physics we fully embraced the excuse to fuck off pretty quickly back to the car i didn't look back i didn't look back at it until the doors were shut but then there were no more lights when i did look back so that is a cool story thank you so much lauren for the email i love this shit i yes. mean that was a part of what they were saying the more and more you could deepen her skinwalker ranch and you read the, the testimony from the people that were on the ranch the, the part of the nids teams they all basically said the same shit it's just being like you can do you know whatever it is about j- just like the nature of the activity here if it's real or not but either way it's creepy as fuck it, out here that's <laughs> what it like, sounds like it to sets, me it sets the tone absolutely in a beautiful clear sky i miss a good clear sky I want to see a clear sky one of these days. We just don't get it there. One day. We don't get it in will. the cities. Um, all right, everyone. Well, those are a couple of fun tales for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, uh, feel free to email your thoughts uh, or some stories, side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. And if you want to make sure that they're real, just pop them in the old Google machine and see what pops out. You know, if there's, just make sure there's like three other articles. 
Um, and then, I mean, you know, otherwise we can always find that stuff out too. I can't, but, and I'll tell you what, man, I can't believe we lost Carl Lockerfeld yesterday. Who? We lost him yesterday, Carl Lockerfeld. Who's Carl the Lockerfeld? Skinniest, oh, the that skinniest, guy. bitchiest skeleton to ever exist. And this is what he said on, on this topic of short men that I, I, I agree with. Oh, wow. I'm surprised you agree with that. Life is not a beauty contest. Some ugly people are great. What I hate is nasty, ugly people. The worst is ugly, short men. Women can be short, but for men it is impossible. It is something that they will not forgive in life. They are mean, and they want to kill you. That's a Carl Lagerfeld <laughs> quote? Yes. He's and a he psychopath. Yeah, he is a, he is, a, he is a troublesome figure. I didn't even see it trending on Twitter that I'm barely back on. It's kind of funny about how things are... are you didn't receive that news because the algorithm in the sky knows that you don't give a fuck. Well, I don't. I mean, I know what you're talking about. He looks like a BDSM like nurse. I remember he always wore the black like he was Pinhead or something. He was yes, very he definitely scary. Looks I know him. like a an evil rich butler. Yes, yes, absolutely. But he's bl- he looks blind all the time because he got big fucking sunglasses on. Yes, I'm just happy the fashion industry is kind of falling apart in some way. Not, that, you know, unless you design clothes, I love what all that stuff. What are you talking stuff. about? No, it's not. The, the fashion industry is strong, my friend. I don't think it is. The fashion week here in New York City has been in, it's been in shambles. Shambles. I'll tell you what, all I know is is that we're pro Heidi here. I love Heidi. On this channel. Oh, my, oh, I see. You're just trying to make sure. Of course we are pro Heidi. And thank you for having us at your Halloween party. No, and she dressed as, as I've been told it's not female Shrek, it's Fiona. And I love Heidi Klum. And she, she it goes into it. Those characters this. No, I follow her on Instagram. Right? She's wonderful. Um, but no, I think that the Fashion Week stuff, the, some of the establishment figures aren't doing as well um, as they have in the past. But uh, Heidi will always be, I mean, she's a, she's a, she is a mega star. She's a brand need- unto herself. You would need to buy more magazines to know more about fashion, Kissel. No one buys. No, that, that, no one buys I, magazines. I just they still do, but I just I, you know Natalie's very fashion cut, so I see that the world is still big. Does Brooke not do the deep into fashion different? No, she does it all. She shoes. does the Instagrams and the other stuff. She goes on the girly stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what she's up to. She's doing something. She's doing something. Yeah, absolutely. It's plotting. She's plotting. Well, everyone is always plotting. That's what I have learned. Not me, man. I just react purely. Uh huh. I don't know about all. I that. react purely. Uh huh. All right, everyone. Uh. Thank you all so much for listening. Is there anything else that we want to say to these wonderful people? Keep on supporting all the shows here on LPN. All the shows are doing great because of you. L- live your dreams because yeah. no one else is going to laugh your laughs because people want to take them from you, and love your loves. Uh, but ask them first. All right, if you everyone. can love them. Well, I, you can also like love a muffin or a pizza. In which case, you can just eat that. Uh, That's not love though, because it goes away. Love does. And you know go, what? It always does, does go away. It turns to shit. Yeah, but that. Well, that's also pizza doesn't go away. You can just get more pizza. No, but I mean, you're just talking about the concept of pizza. Yes, it never goes. Not away. an actual physical pizza in front of you. It can always. I have. I just got them rotating through. Although you just are, you are dying. Yes. That's the difference. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalations. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>